You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Okay, um, this uh, morning, I trust that the Lord will help us, will lead us into his truth in the name of Jesus. It was last Sunday that we posed a question which we developed from our consensus that indeed these are trying times, isn't it? We all agreed we didn't need to ask ourselves that, but we asked the question, what are these times or what is the time trying or testing? And uh, we got a few answers. We said it was testing our faith, which is true. The Bible makes us understand that the testing of our faith. So our faith is tested. And it says the testing of our faith, as James 1, 2, 3, 4, is to produce what? Patience. So that patience can work completely. That we may be complete, lacking nothing. Praise the Lord. You will be made complete in the name of Jesus. You see, why you have to be complete is that the Lord wants to do things with you. And if you're not complete, he can't do it with you. Okay, so you will be complete. And you'll be used in Jesus' name. In fact, in um, Malachi 3 verse 3, 3 says, He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He said, He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. Why? He says that they may offer to the Lord. An offering in righteousness. So it is the purification and the trial that enables us and qualifies us to bring an offering in righteousness. Praise the Lord. So these are the things that the trials are working for us or the purpose why God is allowing them. God could take all of them away and we just dwell in a state of ease. And in Deuteronomy 8 verse 2, we also learned from midweek service it says that God was the one who led us. Deuteronomy 8 verse 2, please. That, that the Lord says, I'm the one who led you. He says, you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way. This 40 years in the wilderness. Why did he do that? He said to humble us, to test us, and to know what was in our hearts. Whether we would keep his commandments or not. So these times are trying and trying and trying. And as we can see from this morning, last Sunday we're rejoicing and celebrating that we overcame the fuel price increase. But we see that fuel isn't enough even today, that the rain took it to another level. So we we really can't rest on our hearts. We don't know what test is going to come. So we don't have a choice but to keep getting stronger and stronger in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. With the way I experience the rain, it takes the strong to be on the road at that time. Because you can't see. You know, and the, most of the road was flooded, so your steering and everything was almost suspended. You know, but some of us sailed to church, and congratulations for that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, so survival in this time is of essence. I mean, you, you just have to survive, or the times will drown you. 
Okay, you just have to survive. And even, you know, in our nation politically with all the things that are going on, people are confused what is going on. We want justice. We want what is right. And people are having this stand and people are having this. All manner of things are happening. Anyway, so, so surviving is good. But this morning, I believe the Lord wants to just not help us to survive. Praise the Lord. He wants you and I to thrive in this time. Let me say thrive. Surviving is good. Surviving is at the end of the day. You say, ah, see, I made it to, you see, uh, this uh, part of my leg didn't come. This part of my, but I'm here. I'm still alive. Hallelujah. But thriving means that you go through the fire and make profit. You go through the trials and you come out as gold. Praise the Lord. Job said, after he has tested me. I won't be burnt mental. I'll be purified gold. That'll be someone's testimony in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And the key to that is this. We learned last Sunday that the root cause, you know, of those perilous times, of the difficult times that we're in, in these days, is going to be a deficiency of what? Of love. There's going to be a deficiency of love. Second Timothy 3 from verse 1 to 4, you can put it on the screen. So, we just, you know, go through it. It says, but notice that in the last days, perilous times will come. And it says, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, healthy, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Can we do it, a quick experiment here? From verse 2, we have done this before some time ago, but we'll do it again. From verse 2, 3, and 4. I want you to read how many times you see love mentioned there. Verse 2 to, to, to 4. How many times? We see 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. How many can you count? You see love there? No, it's 6. Okay, let's start. Lovers of themselves, one. Lovers of money, two. Unloving, three. Um, four. Lovers of God, five. Where did I find six from? Praise the Lord. So we see in these three verses, we see five times love being mentioned. So what we are being shown here is that the critical issue at this time is a love issue. Praise the Lord. Is love gone wrong? Is love you know, deficient, is love deviated, is love diffused, love not in the right place. And the Spirit of God is trying to bring us to where we can get a secret, an antidote, a cure, so that no matter what happens in this time, we can thrive. And what is he going to do? He's going to bring us to where love, in spite of what happens, will abound in the name of Jesus Christ. The question I want to ask is this, and, you know, we we begin to go into what we're talking about. Assuming that today, the 11th of June, was your wedding day, and your wedding was to take place here, and you knew that your spouse, the man or the woman, would be here, what kind of rain will stop you? Even Noah's flood won't stop you. Are you getting where we're going now? You know that you're beloved, and you're a Christian, you're born again. So, if that thing doesn't happen, the one you've been looking for will be suspended again. You get what I'm saying? If you don't do before the pastor, all the doing you've been wanting to do, they will 
postpone it to when next, and you don't know whether the rain will fall that time again. What will keep you from making it here? It's almost unthinkable. I get in where we're going now. So, Jesus was asked in Matthew 22, from 36 down to 40. Jesus was asked by the Pharisees, Teacher or Master, what is the great commandment in the law? And we know the answer. What did he say? Jesus answered and said, what? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your... And he says, this is the first and the great commandment. He said, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. He says, on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to just relax a bit and look at me. Now, you see, commandment. Most of us have been um, in schools, in, in institutions where there are rules and laws and, you know, regulations, right? Now, the average person does not love rules because they constrain you. They hinder you. They make you do what you don't want to do. Am I right? How many of us remember how when we were in school, if you're a junior boy, you wanted to wear, everybody was, junior boys were to wear shorts, right? And then senior boys wore trousers, okay? And then you were to fly your shirt or to tuck your shirt in, depending on what, you know, the school agreed. Did you realize that whatever it was the school said they wanted was what you didn't want? If they said fly your shirt, you would want to tuck in. If they said tuck in your shirt, you want to fly it. If they say you should wear shorts, you want to wear trousers. If they say you should wear trousers, you want to wear three quarters. Whatever it is, once it is called a rule, a commandment, a regulation, the sin in man, the rebellion in man will rebel against it. Okay? Now, that is where our problem comes from. Because when God said from the beginning, from the beginning of the Bible, from, you know, Deuteronomy began to speak to the Jews. When he said, this is the commandment, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind. The moment it sounded like commandment, the devil used that to play a fast, successful trick on you and I. Praise the Lord. So we think that any time God says, this is my commandment, that thing, I'm doing it for God. Praise the Lord. Are you hearing me? Now, you see, in the school we talked about, when they say, do this, do you know why we wore school uniform in those days? There are schools now that don't wear uniform. But do you know why there was school uniform? How many of us, you know, I, I used to desire then that they would just take off this uniform thing so that we can wear more. Do you know why it was school uniform? It was for your safety. If you are found anywhere, immediately they know this is a student of, you know, uh, CIC or whatever. And then they will help. They'll say, that's a school boy. If you wore mufti, they wouldn't know whether you're a hooligan or, you know, a tout. They wouldn't, I mean, anything could happen to you. Nobody will care. It wasn't for the school. It was for your protection. It was for your identification. Now, the commandment, Satan, through the sin in us, has made the word commandment to sound like this is punishment I serve for God. So when they say, you shall love the Lord, you're thinking, but why must I love the Lord? But let's not forget that God is self-existent. Praise the Lord. Before you and I came on the scene, 
God is. Praise the Lord. Before we were created, God is God. God was God. That's why he says, I'm the one who was, who is, and what, who forever be. We don't really add anything to the godness of God. He is God all by himself. Praise the Lord. So, when God in his wisdom and in his love says to me, this is the first and the great commandment. You shall love the Lord I God with all that I have without... What's that saying to me? He's saying to me that this is my password for you to succeed. He's saying this is a secret that if you hold on to it, you cannot fail. He's saying this is your stronghold. Last Sunday we talked about the name of the Lord being what? A strong tower that the righteous... This is the strong tower. Praise the Lord somebody. He calls this commandment but it's his greatest advice. Some of us here that raise children, you, you know how it is when you're telling your child, your son or your daughter, you're telling them what is the absolute best for them. Do you know how often it sounds in their ears? You're bugging me. Meanwhile, you have written the exam. You have gone to the school. You have passed teenage. You have passed middle age. You have even entered old age and you're crossing to older age. None of that is for you. But in their ears, it sounds like you're disturbing them. But what you're saying is the wisest thing that they could lay hold of. But you see, in our nature, sin is already there. So it's a rebellious spirit that says no. Remember what happened with Cain and Abel. What happened? Abel brought his offering. God accepted it. Cain brought his offering. God didn't accept it. Now, to show you the love of God, to show you the heart of God, when God didn't accept Cain's offering, did he strike him away? What did he say? Did he keep his mouth shut? He said to Cain, Cain, I observe your countenance is down. He says, but you don't need to be like that. There's a way out of this. Okay? Do what you know you should do, and then you'll be accepted. Now, didn't Cain hear God? He heard God, right? The question I want to ask you, couldn't Cain do what Abel did? Sorry, I can't hear you. Cain could have done it. Did Cain do it? Do you know that what Cain did was more difficult than what Abel did? Abel killed a lamb. Cain killed a man. God wanted Cain to kill a lamb. Rebellion, sin in Cain said, I will not kill a lamb. I will not kill a lamb. Instead, he killed a man. What I'm trying to tell you is this. If you get what the Spirit of God wants to bring to us today, you will thrive. Do you get what I'm saying? You will thrive in life. For God to say to me, for God to say to you, I remember some of us did some courses, you know, in in the school and university and different places at different stages, where the lecturer will tell you, just master, I think it was biology that, is, is it biology that they tell you, just learn to draw, is it the human body and label it or something? There, there are different stages. Maybe they say, learn, have you learned to draw amoeba and label it? You see, once you learn it, draw it, label it, you are past. Some courses they say, master uh, uh, quadratic, at some stage in mathematics, maybe master quadratic equation. And uh, what was the other one? Sin what? There is another just master it, you have passed. 
You go and master it. You get into the exam. Everything they're asking you is coming from there. God is saying to me, he's saying to somebody, he says, the first and the great commandment is what? You shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. The devil makes it think, sound like it's a commandment, it's burdensome. That's why the Bible made sure he told us that the commandments of the Lord are what? They are not burdensome. It's the devil that makes it appear as burdensome. Why? Because he knows that no matter the trial, no matter the difficulty, no matter the challenge that comes to you on this earth that he created, if you love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, you will thrive. No matter what. It doesn't matter what they bring your way. It doesn't matter. Financial, emotional, physiological, it doesn't matter what they bring your way. If you can be found in this place where you hold on to the love of God above all. Look at what Psalm 25 says. Psalm 25 verse 14. is a passage we all know very well. It says the secret of the Lord is with those who what? Who fear him. And he will show them his covenant. I like the way the living Bible put it up. The living Bible. Okay. It says the Lord tells the secrets to his followers. He teaches them about his word. Do you know if you don't understand the agreement, you can't benefit from it. That's why you engage in contracts and others. You employ lawyers to study the agreement before you sign. Because you can pay all of that and sign. Then when you come, they told you that the basis that they will deliver the goods is that you have to be seven foot tall. And it's in the agreement. What would have happened? You'd have lost out. So it says he would teach them. Yes. It says he teaches them about his word so i want you to look at that line please does god teach his agreement to everybody no he tells it to some people and teaches them he breaks it down he tells them this is how it works okay so we can now go to the living bible please thank you so it says friendship with god is what is reserved for those who reverence him now you see the thing about this passage and then it says, with them alone, he shares the secrets of his promises. These are dimensions. A lot of us are intelligent. A lot of people in this world are intelligent. A lot of people are motivated. A lot of people are ambitious. A lot of people have so many things. But the friends of God are few. Are you with me? The friendship with God, no. Remember when God was speaking concerning the rebellion of, uh, of uh, Miriam and Aaron against Moses. He said, you're all prophets, I know. He says, some of you, if I want to communicate with you, I have to wait for you to sleep. And I appear to you in a vision. And I will show you trees. You won't even, you have to decode. He said, but Moses, I speak his language. I speak to him face to face as a man, what? Speaks to his friend. There are levels. And what you need to understand about friendship is this. If you have friends, you know that, you see, friendship is priceless. If you have a friend that has a private jet, okay? And you need to get to Houston tomorrow. And British Airways, all the airlines are not flying. If you have a friend, he can pick you up. He's in Lagos. He can send the private jet. He will come to Abuja and pick you up. You can't make it to the airport because it's raining. The private jet will wait for you. That's what friendship is about. Do you understand? Friendship bends everything to give you value for what you can't pay for. 
Imagine being friends with God. I want you to get the understanding we're talking about. He said friendship with God. Not friend with a man. A man can help you. You have a wealthy friend. You enjoy a lot of benefits. My wife and I want to travel. And I've just been desiring. Why don't I have an ambassador friend? So that when I go, I won't stay in UK. Please, if you, if the ambassador, if you know the ambassador, tell them I want to be their friend. Because I'm tired of going to UK and you enter into a, a house. You move from your... My house is not that big, but you enter into a UK house. The room you stay in will be the size of the speakers. As you're coming, you're entering like this. <laughs> First of all, when you land, you go waka, waka, waka. Enter bus, enter train, jump. I say to my wife, in my house... In my father's house, thank you. I'm not jumping train. Why would I go on vacation and start jumping train and bus? And, and their trains are so old. Chakatun, 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 chakatun. I say, oh. You know, so please, if you know him, tell him that I want to be his friend. So I can visit. Okay? So th- that's friendship with man. You enjoy a lot of benefits. But friendship with God. He said it is what? Reserved. For those who reverence him. And he says with them alone. What does he do? He shares the secret. So his promises have secrets. His promises have what? He has fine prints. That you can't see. That's what he's talking about. So when he says. What is the first and great commandment? He said you shall love the Lord thy God. Why? Because that's what is going to begin to lead you. Into this place that he's talking about. Now why is he also saying that? Because that love misplaced is also the worst danger a man can fall into. You know some of us are worried when people are uh, unintelligent, uh, not strong or whatever. The greatest worry you can have for a man is the focus of his love. Do you get what I mean? An intelligent man who loves the wrong thing is worse than a fool. Who doesn't even love anything? Or who who doesn't love the wrong thing? Do you understand? When a man is intelligent and gifted and loves the wrong thing, we're in trouble. That's why we don't be quick to settle with where we are now as a nation. Is someone hearing me? You, You can't deny the intelligence of the man who is there. But what does he love? What is his value? What is his core principle for life? There is danger if you have a man whose values are not right, but is intelligent and witty, he can cause a lot of harm. Is someone hearing me? Praise the Lord. So, it says, this is what you must do. You must love me. Me. Some time ago, we learned, I think a few weeks back ago, we said that love has directions. When a man loves the wrong thing, oh, price will be paid. Okay, let me ask you this question to help you understand love as, as I'm saying it now. How many of us have heard about uh, maybe an 85-year-old man married to a 25-year, 23-year-old girl? Have you seen such things happening? Is it not love? Sorry? What do you call it? No, answer me now. What do you call it? Toby said it's money. It's love. You see, the man loves the little pleasure of the girl. The girl loves the money. They're in love. Do you understand? I mean, haven't you also seen recently our young African men marrying women that their teeth have finished falling off? It is love. The guy from Zimbabwe loves the UK. The woman is love. 
Yes, because they say when we speak love, now I'm trying to see, help you understand. So there's love, and that love can be channeled towards anything. So the girl, when you say she's marrying an old man, that's your own language. She's marrying millions. So when you say that's your husband, the man, she doesn't see the man. She sees the Rolls Royce. She sees the big house. She sees the servants. That's what she's married. And when you ask the man, what are you marrying? He say, she's, he's marrying toy. He say, stand up. The girl stand. He say, jump up. He say, somersault. He say, hang, keep your leg like this. She married money. He married toy. It's love. I get it in now. So love is a super passion directed at something that you have made a choice for. Like in this case now, was the girl forced? No, she wasn't forced. She gauged her options. That 25-year-old girl may have a 26-year-old young man that sings to her like an Indian, you know, uh, 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 lover. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> you know? And the girl will look at him and she will sing out, Me, I know, go suffer. I know go back for bread. <laughs> so she makes her choice. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. What I want is money. And the man also makes his choice. Love is a choice you make to focus your passion on something. Now, can I tell you something about this love? When that choice is made, the Bible tells us in Song of Solomon chapter 1 verse 2, part B of it. He said this love is better than wine. When you now put your love on something, you generate the ability, or, or rather you give it the power to excite you. That comprises him there, better than wine, is saying that the strongest wine cannot shock me, let me use that word, cannot intoxicate me like this thing that I love. I get in what I'm saying. That's what the Bible It says your love this thing I love, ah, is better than wine. Let me take another one from Song of Solomon before we move on. Song of Solomon 8 verse 6, please. In this place now, it says this love is as strong as death. Now, you know death is strong. No one has power over death. But it says love is as strong as death. So we see the Song of Solomon. And what Song of Solomon is about is about passionate love, okay? About love of passion. And he's saying that this love is strong as death. Okay? So nothing really can stop it from moving on. Okay? And then this love also is what? Better than wine. Look at the combination. And remember what the Bible makes us understand. It says, do not be drunk with what? Wine. In which is dissipation, but rather be what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's saying here that the influence of love is stronger than the influence of wine. Is someone still following me this morning? Praise God. Okay. So, I want to ask a question now. And you help me. We want to gauge the, the best lovers. Okay. Amongst these categories. Lovers of football and sports. Fans of football, soccer. Versus lovers of power and politics. You know. People that can do anything they say today. You know. Whatever. Politics, power. Or lovers of alcohol and drugs. They just want to be high. Okay? Or lovers of money and mammon. Or even lovers of their religion. 
like you would find, you know, our, our, our Muslim brothers, you know, okay? Amongst this group, who are the real lovers? Who are the ones that you can say their love is strong for what they love? Eh? No, you're not getting my question. You see, I'm not asking for the virtue of their love. I'm asking who are the strongest, who are the most passionate, who are the most faithful lovers? Football. Okay, at least I got you thinking. Now, I want you to compare whichever group you said was the winner. I want you to compare their love with the love you and I have for our God. How do we measure? Brothers and sisters, I've seen people in freezing cold sit as spectators to watch a match that they can watch on television in the comfort of their homes with heater, you know, warming them. But they're seated there in freezing cold. Why? Because this match, they must watch it. Live, right? Uh-huh. Thank you. So those people are strong. What about drugs? I mean, I don't think anybody could beat drugs and alcohol. An addict to drug and alcohol is not a thief, but will steal when he needs it and he can buy it. Will steal... If it's a man, he will rob, he will fight. If it's a woman, she will sell her body, she will sleep with whatever. Not because she wants to sleep with whatever, but because she wants the shot. That's love. Are you getting me? That's devotion. You take the person, you clean him up, you bring him out from, you know, the, maybe he takes it somewhere in Nyanya, you bring him out from there, put him inside of Asorok, give him guest Charlie, you know, put a condition everywhere. You know, set table before him. When that time comes, the way he will get out of that house, you don't know. You find him back there. That is love. Are you getting me? The politician. Let's leave that one. Let's jump and pass. <laughs> Let's jump and pass. Which other one did we mention? Religion, you know, you've seen, I don't know whether they stopped in that. But malams, you see them. When they want to pray, it's their time to pray. No matter who is standing, those malams that sell, um, you know, small provision shops, they don't use their eyes to check. They put their mat, they fall on their knees, they start their prayer. If you steal everything they have within those five minutes or whatever they're praying, they're not bothered. Why? Because they love their religion. They're devoted to it. Is someone hearing me? Now, all these people are loving what they love. Bro. Sister, God said, if you want to thrive, you say, love me more than they. Love me more than them. I don't want to use as much, but love me more than them. He said, that will be your secret. In that, you will discover the way. You know, the Bible says, no temptation has befallen you, but such as is what? Come unto man. But with every temptation, what will God do? He said he'll make a way of escape. That way of escape is not on billboards. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. Listen to me. Joseph, we may never have read of Joseph, if not for his unreasonable love for God. So Potiphar's wife comes. This is Egypt. Who knows whether it was common tradition there that the servant of the master can also serve the master's wife. For her to have been so brazen, who knows? That's why Joseph had to give us an excuse. Not just Potiphar. Because God said, no, Potiphar won't mind, you know. It's part of what you Joseph said, 
I cannot do this work against God. And the question is this. How faithful had God been to Joseph at that time? For the generation of Christians, that all they know of God is what he has done for them. That God doesn't exist. That God was not there for Joseph. He's not a God that he can say, everywhere I look, my daddy, my daddy, daddy where they pamper. Listen, this daddy hasn't pampered Joseph. And for your information, this God doesn't pamper. You know what pampering means? Pampering means to spoil. God's love doesn't pamper us. It's God loves discipline. I don't know how we take the opposite of scripture and just hold on to it and get excited with it. He whom the Lord loves, what does he do? And they are your singing pampering. Joseph did not know, had not seen the faithful. He must have been wondering, God, where are you? But like cannot did, when it mattered, he said, I love you, Lord. Child of God. If Joseph was not put in prison for righteousness sake, his dream would never have come true. Some of us are in offices that have been in situations where God set it up so that he can bring you into the accomplishment of that dream that he gave you. But when that moment came, you didn't love him enough. So he didn't unveil the next dimension of his plan. You survived, but you didn't thrive. You see, God in his wisdom... God in his grace and his love said to you and I, this is where I am. This is how you can find me. This is what the world cannot checkmate. A people that love God genuinely. And what is the attack in our time? There is no love of God in our time again. People read the scriptures. People study the scriptures. People go to church for many other things. But you can count the percentage that go for God. And the devil is busy putting in their cards different things, making sure that they don't have God. You know why? At the last, like Nigerians will say, last, last. That's what we say, right? Mm -hmm. Last, last. What is going to deliver you and I? It's not any other thing. It's the love of God. Let me show you a scripture. 2 Thessalonians 2. Last, last. Let's go down to 10. Okay, let's go back. 9. Thank you. Verse 9. Let's read together. It says the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. With all power, signs, and lying wonders. He said with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. Why would they perish? We are told. Let's read. Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be what? So what is the secret that God will use to deliver in these times. It is the love of the truth. That's the only thing that can beat Satan's deception. That's the only antidote. You check it, you check it. It looks nice. But he said, no, no, my spirit doesn't agree. I can't do this. They save you. Satan is coming. Please go back to verse 9. Because we're in a time where signs, wonders, you know, all manner of things exciting the people of God and this is what the Bible is saying not about a prophet about the lawless one it says it's with all what power signs and what lying wonders that's how it's going to appear but the intention of all of this is for deception it's to deceive verse 10 it says with all unrighteous deception is to deceive you is to lead you away is to turn you away 
is to discourage you from the right path is to make you faint why is he doing that so that he would destroy our lord jesus christ says the thief does not come but what to steal to kill and to destroy that's what he came to do so he would woo you we learned last sunday that as long as you're in the house as long as you're in the name the enemy can't touch you but what does he do he's outside whistling he's outside you know calling you come come and see wonder god is delaying come this place is sharp sharp overnight you know and he's doing all of that to bring you out why because unless he brings you out he may do all manner of things and inconvenience but he can't hurt your destiny oh brethren joseph suffered though praise the lord what did i say joseph suffered and jesus told us that all that shall live godly shall suffer what persecution you can be praise the lord let's get something straight if you're born again christian you're living in hostile territory this world is is it your home we're strangers on earth praise the lord you and i are going to a place a city whose builder and maker is who god a city that has foundations the plan and the counsel of god for you and i is that here we dwell in tents which means you harass me i pack and go you beat me i cry looking unto jesus the author and the finisher who what for the joy that was in his pocket the joy that was yet ahead the, the joy wasn't here your best life is not now some people their best life is now their future is terrible do you understand but for you and i our best life isn't now our best life is ahead okay so when the world crushes you when the world persecutes you when they do all of that what you can be assured is that persecuted but not forsaken cast down but not destroyed Press, do you understand these are things that the bible tells us but we don't want to hear them because the enemy is working on our mind trying to get us to rebel against the very thing that is our deliverance so the christian wants maximum comfort maximum approval maximum acceptance in this world once you're caught in that trap you can make progress as a believer it's as simple as that now talking about this love i want to show you a few instances in the bible that will just help us keep it you know understand what we're talking about you know the man in john chapter 9 the man that was healed you know that was born blind that jesus healed we know the man do you know what happened with this man when the jews were interrogating him trying to doubt what jesus did it is the account is chapter 9 sorry but you can put 18 to 23. i found something very interesting they called his parents in verse 18 and they said okay 19 now and they asked the parents saying is this your son they say yes is our son he was born blind how does he now see 20. his friends answered and said we know that this is our son and that he was born blind we know that but by what means he now sees we do not or who opened his eyes we do not he's of age ask him he'll speak for himself now look at the secret the bible revealed to us he said his parents said these things because what they what and the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, that he'll be put out of what? So what is happening here? These people, all the while their son was blind, we thought they loved him. What do you see they love more here? They love the fellowship 
the acceptance of men. Because when their son finally got the breakthrough, you would have thought, ah, this is our son. Hallelujah. Jesus made him say, we'll drive you out of the sin. Now he said, no problem. But they couldn't. Because they would rather have welcome in the synagogue than have their son sin. So assuming Jesus was like us, you know, if it's man, he will reverse that healing. Say, ungrateful brat, be blind again. Thank God God is not a man. Can we say thank you, Lord? What a God we have. (laughs) Merciful God. He's not a man. Look at that, what happened there. For fear of being put out of the synagogue, they deny such a... That's what happens when love is refocused. So when we say this was God's secret, it applies everywhere, sir. It applies everywhere, man. It applies everywhere. What is the issue with Christian appearance and dressing and all of that? It's about love. There are some things that you wear, you fit into the society, you fit into the environment. You become a babe, you become a guy, isn't it? But when you wear them, the Holy Spirit is not comfortable in you anymore. Remember, the Bible says you and I, our bodies are what? Temples. That word temple, don't allow it to sound so far. Our bodies are houses, dwelling places of the Holy Spirit. So when you come out, you're supposed to look like where the Holy Spirit does what? Lives in. But you see, you can be in a society and the society says that's the way to go, that's the way to go. And if you're not careful, you will love the acceptance, you know, the prestige, the whole thing of man, you know, rather than knowing that the Holy Spirit doesn't like this. And you take it off. The, the worst thing about this fashion thing, can I tell you the one I don't even like, is that some of them, it doesn't even fit the people. That's, I, I tell my wife, I, I'm not telling you to wear me new. But there's a size you'll be. And there's a way the leg will be. If you wear mini, I'll say the beauty of the Lord. I can see all over you. But there's a way you will be. (laughs) Have mercy on us. Do you understand? I didn't watch horror movie at home. Why should I come out on the street? You know? No, don't do that. Then the, the reigning one now is that I think when the tailors finish making their skirts, they ask them, take two inches from here, take two inches. Then when they're walking, they're walking like this. I say, who caused this problem? <laughs> what is good is good. First and foremost. Do you understand? Then, you know, the cloth that we put on is for beauty, you know, it's for glory and all of that. So let it even first pass the level of beauty. Do you understand? And please, some of you husbands, tell your wives the truth. There are some that they will wear. You're, you're wondering, but she's married. Okay, they say love is blind. Sorry. Let's move on. Okay? So we see these parents and, and we see the way they reacted. They said, no. We don't know. He's of age. Go and ask him. What happened here? They knew. They knew that this wasn't supposed to be. The Bible told us the problem. John chapter 12, verse 42 and 43. Because we're in scenarios now. This may not be the exact scenario where you're in. In your family, in your place of work, you make this choice. Oh, they're going to say all kinds of things about you. I pray that you develop thick skin. Do you understand? Or better still, soft skin towards God. I think that's a better way to put it. So that you just love him. Another person matters. Right? Let's read what it says. It says, nevertheless, 
Even among the rulers, many did what? Believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. It says what? Lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Can you see the same putting out of synagogue here? The conclusion it says for what? They loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. That is the foundation of the problem. Why do you compromise to make money? Why do you sin against God to become a, a rich man? That is it. The other day we were listening to this Bible on tape. And, you know, the book of Proverbs, you know, Proverbs is not prophecy, it's nothing. Proverbs just, is just telling us the way the world is. And Proverbs says the poor man, he says even his brother stays far from him. He says he beseeches them and they run away. He said, but the rich, uh, the rich has many friends. It's not easy. <laughs> you see, the poor man is ugly to the wife, no matter how handsome you are. When your wife looks at you. When she looks at you, she'll just remember the cross. All the way to Calvary. I'm going for him. I'm going for him. The poor man. That is what it is. Now, we're not saying the sick man. You see, your poor. Highest is that I can't bless you, right? But I did steal from you. So it's not a sin. Do you understand? It's not a sin. The issue is that many want the praises of men. We want to be accepted. We want to be celebrated. We want to be recognized. We want to be known. It is our love. Our affection has gone. Now the reverse is when you love God, what happens is this. God loves you in spite of how much you have and how much you don't have. God loves rich men. God loves poor men. God loves strong men. God loves weak men. Now, when you know that, it takes away the pressure on you if God's love is your focus. But most times, it's not our focus. So, we're under pressure. We want this to happen. We don't want that to happen. Why don't you want it to happen? You say, Lord, I've been doing this ministry for 20 years. How come my name is not being heard all over the world? Ah, But they didn't say go into all the world and preach your name. What did they say should be preached? Jesus. So if Jesus is being heard, listen, if you can get this, your problems will reduce. You just want to love him. And then you want him to love you back. Have you seen, can young people love themselves in Nigeria now? Which way would they used to meet? Which park are they even going to meet? I wanted to say, have you seen young people strolling in the park? How can they stroll? They will rob them. The Lord have mercy on our country. You understand? You see, when you see young lovers, they're oblivious of what is happening around them. They're just consumed. I think, I don't know where we went. Was it U.S. or somewhere, Momchi? Do you remember? Two that were sitting. If you see the way they were looking at each other, if you passed in front of them, they won't see you. They were fixated, eye to eye, just like this. And we're looking at them. We stopped. Say this one is serious. They kept just like this. Not saying anything. <laughs> Do you understand? Intense focus. Now, when you love the Lord like that, the devil will pack up on your case. Do you understand? And it's not just that level. God will give you sick. He will whisper things in your ears. Are you getting what I'm saying? The times that we're in, that is the only safety measure. 
where Christians fall in love with God and for God and by God alone. And then you trust that this God whom you're falling in love with is a good and faithful lover. He will take care of you. He will minister to you. He will minister satisfaction to you. He will minister joy to you. He will minister fulfillment to you. He will minister... Do you understand what I'm talking about? You see, listen to me. Everything... I want to give you a, a few seconds. Scan everything that is on your prayer point. If it is not God, it has no substance. It cannot satisfy you. One of the earliest sermons I preached that I still remember is that it seems like it. You remember when you travel, you know, on, on a sunny day, the mirage you see on the road. You see it, and then what happens as you get close to it? It disappears. That's what life is. It seems like it. I want to ask some of us who like cars now. The, that car that you're driving now, you remember when you desired it? What's happening with it now? That level, that thing that you wanted to attain, the landlord, all of that. When you desired it, the moment it comes, you know why? It says your love is better than wine. There is a love that can satisfy. Why? Because if you take wine and it gets you drunk, it intoxicates you. After some time, you will sober up. But the love for God, uh, no. It says out of your belly shall flow what? Rivers. It keeps bubbling up. It keeps bubbling. He keeps whispering things to you. There is pain, but there is joy. You can't explain it. That is what Christianity is about, child of God. That is what this whole thing is about. Are people who are in love with their maker. I've been wanting to tell us this story in church. I can't remember why I haven't told you. It may not connect, but just hear it from me. I just remember it. It gets me angry. Do you remember those lecturers in school that are so mean, very hard, tough, wicked? But you see your classmates girls when they go to him the man is like yeah 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 let go let it go out from my heart why did i even tell the story <laughs> yes yes this this part of why i told it you see when those girls go to the man no matter how late they brought the assignment the man will adjust the time for submission he will just change the rules for them why because he was the head of department or whatever at that time now when god the creator of the heavens and earth is your lover we sang the song it's possible right when the maker of heaven and earth is your lover what can he not do for you what river will he not part for you what mountain won't he move for you what circumstance who is going to be there king ahasuerus said who imagined in his heart to think such a thing for my queen that's a human king and you think when you have that relationship with god god will sit back and allow the devil make toy with you no that devil is not born he didn't create that devil do you know that everything in this world don't forget this these are some of the foundations of it do you know that all things that are in this world were created by god that's easy to know do you know that everything that is still functioning is permitted by god that's why he can say no weapon formed against you shall what yes you see i allowed it to be made but if it's trying to hurt the one i want to bless there's a conflict of interest it ceases to be that is the god you and i serve that is the god that says my secret code to you is just get consumed with my love fall in love with me let me satisfy you let just being in god's presence be a testimony for me i get what i'm saying let just being told you see 
let's just, you know, deny or offering anything to God. Let it be a delight to me. Our, our sister shared something with us. I think it was um, her sister Martha. Martha was telling us about her friend whose father was a native doctor. He said the friend told them that as long as she's been alive, the father has not slept on the bed. Because part of the condition of the love between and the relationship between the man and the power source that is given him. He doesn't sleep, you know, all manner of things. And the man is okay with it. Why? He's in love. He's getting something. Now, what is it that, what, what can you say? I mean, because part of what I want us to do today, I just want us to, to just love on him and receive his love. Because, you see, I bless God for the voice of one. When I saw the praise and worship this morning, especially that first part, what the Lord has done for me, and the way you, you people look like you were drunk. Ahmed, especially you, come, let me check you. Do you understand? You, you look like you were drunk. You know what I'm saying now? Because see, this is the secret. If you sit down and think, you will die. But there is a lover. When you focus on him, when you worship him, David, David we know, was one of the mightiest warriors that ever lived. Almost, you know, attaining to contemporary history, Alexander the Great. But David, they never told us of his warfare skills. They told us of his worship life. Because the Bible says that he has made you and I more than conquerors. Through what? Him who loved us. It's a love relationship that gives us power. Let's rise on our feet. He has made us more than conquerors. How did he make me strong? He said the love relationship. He's so passionate about me. She loves me so much. He loves me so much. My presence is heaven to them. So how can I allow anything to touch them? This morning... You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.